All right. Uh, so I'd like to introduce you guys to Tiana, who is our special guest today. Say hello. 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 It's great to have you on today. Um, I'd love to pick your brain about um, pets and the joy that pets can bring uh, as being a part of the family and uh, being being a loved one. Maybe not like as much as we love our human com- companions, but... <laughs> It's close, a little fur baby, a little fur animal. So uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, both you and I grew up from a young age owning pets, you and the dog spectrum, me and the cat spectrum. So I thought it'd be good to just pool our thoughts and ideas together. So um, how old were you when you got your first dog? Uh, so why was, that's a good question. I was 16 when I got my first dog. I mean, I had pets before that growing up, but the mm-hmm. dog, which was something I was looking forward to my whole life, pretty much happened at 16. And uh, he definitely changed my world, little Bailey. He wasn't so little, actually. He was Not massive. Not little, have, I remember. No, it's quite the, the beast of an animal. I know. He felt little to me, Bailey. Yeah. That's true. And then you had, did you have it since when it was a puppy? Yeah, yeah, we got him. Well, I mean, he was like still pretty massive when we got him as a puppy. He's a golden doodle, so he was quite big. <laughs> Um, granted the Bernadoodle that my parents have now is bigger than Bailey was, but, um, yeah, Bailey grew, grew pretty fast and, uh, he was like just the sweetest, gentlest, big, big dog that you could ever have. Yeah, I, I, I met it definitely a few times, a handful of times, and I never had any negative experiences. I was never a dog person growing up, but obviously I, I just love have a general love for animals uh, at all. But seeing a big dog like that was definitely a little bit, um, sometimes a little bit worrisome, but it was I'd never had any feelings that it would it would like be violent or attacking or anything like that. So it was really cool to have that kind of giant shaggy yeah. like, movies type of thing more so than anything. Yeah, and he was honestly, he was so gentle. My mom one time, she tried to cut, she wanted to give him a haircut. So mm-hmm. she started to cut the hair around his neck and he was just standing still quiet the whole time and then she noticed there was blood on her hands. Oh. And she had actually cut his neck open and he needed to get stitches, <sighs> the poor thing. But he didn't flinch he once. didn't complain at all. <laughs> no. I think, sorry, it's, it was a, it was a boy, right? He, yeah, yeah. He knew, he knew that he was in safe hands, 100%. Like, yeah. I think a, a, a dog in another situation would have probably done something different so thankfully yeah um so you mentioned you had some pets when you were younger what type of pets were your starter pets so we oh my gosh so my mom I've, I've always wanted a dog and I actually when I was three or four I wanted to be a farmer that was like my the oh. job I first wanted growing up and so my mom didn't want to commit to a dog so we went to the pet store a few times to look at like what pet would be best and mm-hmm. um I think she started she wanted to start out small so we first looked at uh turtles Okay. But when we went in, the turtle that we saw, one of its eyes was massive. And then we were told that sometimes turtles get a disease where their eye bursts open or whatever. Wow. Um, so we didn't get the turtle, but then we found a bunny. So the bunny was my first pet. And I think I was five or six when we got bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, was that its name as well? No, I named... Oh, God, this is embarrassing. Oh. The bunny... <laughs> I named him Cutie. <laughs> oh, well, bunnies are cutie. That's fine. Yeah. That's <laughs> so I named him Cutie, but he was, he, we felt bad leaving him in his cage. So we let him out all the time and then he would chew all the furniture. So we gave Cutie away to a farm. Not not those farms where they tell you that's where your pet town? went. <laughs> no, yeah. like an actual farm. Those permanent farms. <laughs> an actual farm. Um, yeah. And then I had two hamsters after that. Uh, for a few years and then Bailey was like the jackpot of all pets 
What's what's the name of this farm? Do you know if it really exists? Is this something that your parents have still tricked you about? I, I've asked them. I, <laughs> I've asked them to clarify that it wasn't one of those farms. They yeah. said it was a family that owned a farm, and the kid came over, and they they like actually took the their bunny. So okay, that's I'm, that's somewhat reasonable enough, right? <laughs> yeah. You, so you so. mentioned you mentioned bunnies actually. So bunnies definitely weren't my first pet, but I I grew up with a cat named Fat Cat, as you may have remembered. Oh, I remember. Self fulfilling prophecy a, with that name. He was a monster, but he didn't start out that way. Like in, in terms of his size, he was uh, a sweet little devil. Uh, but yeah, so this one time I remember living in our old home in North Delta, we had the, the house with the pool that we had. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a cat door and Fat Cat was an outdoor cat. So he would, this one time I was homesick from school. I remember vividly I was home alone, uh, obviously of age. Like I could have been home alone, maybe like 12, 13 or whatever. But uh, Fat Cat, all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the computer room downstairs, and all of a sudden, I see Fat Cat come in with like a, a strange ball of fluff, like a large ball of fluff oh, in, its, in its mouth. I'm like, Fatty, what is that? I would call it Fatty as a nickname. It's I know it's weird, but um, and then all of a sudden, he, he he sees me, like he makes eye contact with me, and gently places this this baby bunny down, <gasps> and then runs out. I'm like, Hey, what's this? So I go over to the baby bunny. It's like perfectly healthy. Oh, it had it was like it had carried it by the scruff of its neck, like its mother would have done. Oh, my and I see it run underneath the couch and I go follow it underneath the couch and lo and behold there are four other baby bunnies underneath this couch so all of a sudden I start freaking out I'm this I'm like this 12 year old at home alone and all of a sudden there's like four or five bunny rabbits so I'm like I'm dying of, of cuteness first of all but also I'm like oh I need to like put them in like a cage they're gonna poop everywhere I'm gonna need to get food and milk and stuff for them so I'm drawing my experience based on what I've seen from cartoons like I'm getting carrots and I'm putting up carrots and celery and have like a little saucer of milk and I don't know what I'm doing and I end up putting so and then and then as I'm doing all this work I see fat cats coming in with more and more bunnies like baby bunnies I, by the end of it there were 14 baby bunnies <gasps> that it had safely brought in from the scruff of its neck so we hypothesized that some animal had either killed its mother uh, it could have even been fat cat that killed the mother and then felt bad about the kids. I don't know. We don't have proof about this. It didn't have any blood on its hands or anything, but it definitely like it had a weird motherly instinct, even though it's a, it was a boy and it's a different species. And it brought these fourteen bunnies in, saved them, brought them in, and then we ended up. Uh, a school friend of mine actually had like a a bunny farm or something, so we actually ended up giving all of them away. Oh I wanted to keep, I wanted to keep one, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and so I remember at this uh, last comment about the bunny thing because I'm taking up too much time talking, but I remember I would put like three or four of the bunnies on Fat Cat's back and it would just walk around. Bunnies, and it would just like walk around and it would be really friendly with them when usually it would be a little bit defensive. So I think it knew that they were very young and, and defenseless, so they didn't. he didn't really do anything. It was really, yeah, so it was cute. So oh I'm one of them, I had only named one of them. It was named Mocha. It was my favorite. Aww. And I really wanted to keep Mocha, but uh, I did not have the permission to do so. So we lost them all. But oh. they, went, they went to a good home and eventually to their own proper homes, I think. That's a crazy, Definitely that's amazing. Fun. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it's faith in, faith in animals restored, as they say. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So yeah, we, so yeah, we had the, you had the, the starting animals um, to give you kind of a, a taste of it. And then you went right into Bailey at around age 16. And um, so Bailey, you said, was even big as, as a kitten, as a puppy, right? Like it wasn't like something you could hold in your palm of your hand or anything. You, no. Bailey, when we first got him, he was like eight weeks old. And you had okay. to hold him with both your arms because he was like heavy and fat and just like, yeah, he, he was quite big. But honestly, we weren't expecting him to get as big as he did. 
Like he mm-hmm. just, he kept growing so much. It was insane. He couldn't, like at first we would bring him on the couch. Um, and then we couldn't do that because if he was on the couch, we couldn't fit on the couch. <laughs> so you needed to couch for Bailey. Yeah, no, it was, it was insane. And then actually I, I completely forgot about this. We ended up, my brother got, um, I don't know why he convinced my parents to get a lovebird. Oh, and I don't know if you remember this. So, like, my, my brother went to get a lovebird, but then apparently they came in a pair. So he brought the pair home. They started to mate, and they laid eggs in our house. Oh. And um, so three of them hatched, and we had, like, five birds and Bailey in the house at one point. Three breakfast um, right there. It was insane. It I'm was joking. <laughs> yeah. And you said talk about the eggs. I'm like, free breakfast? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, they were, they were gross eggs. Trust me, they were yeah. gross. Um, but yeah, so, so that was insane too. Yeah. Fernanda's in, in the background laughing because she, she, as soon as you said the bird story, she like pointed at the laptop and she's like, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah, because she was terrified yeah. for Fernanda. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. there at the time. Oh, jeez. And, and Bailey, um, I know we, we have to sort of touch on, on the sad topics a little bit, unfortunately, which is, which is not cool, but it's, it's the reality of any pet ownership. Yeah. Um, at, at, how old was Bailey when he passed? He was 12. So he, he lasted, I mean, he was like near the end of his lifespan anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But it was pretty sudden for us because like he, I mean, essentially what happened, he'd been going to the doctor for a while. We kept taking him to the vet and the vet kept checking his mouth and saying he's fine. And then one day my mom takes him and he says, actually, he has a really big tumor. Oh. Um, and apparently it's something common that happens to his breed, but essentially... Our option was that with this tumor, he's either going to naturally die and, you know, very soon. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's in a lot of pain. And so if we we did that, he'd be suffering. And then the other option was to do surgery on his jaw, but they would take out part of his jaw and he wouldn't have his quality of life. Yeah, quality of life would be greatly reduced either way in those options. So you're not really left with many uh, humane uh, outcomes at the end of it. Sometimes. No, and it was the most bizarre. I mean, I don't know how Fat Cat died, but it was the most bizarre situation to be put in because, like, this animal—they're so innocent, right? Like, they're so innocent. All they do is they just love you. That's they're yeah. just pure love, yeah. and they trust you. And then to feel like you're—they don't know that you're taking them somewhere to put them down is just the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, I think so. Touching on what how Fat Cat went, it was definitely sad, and and for a while, for at least. I would say maybe a year. So, yeah. so for so everyone's story, we actually didn't have Fat Cat when it was a kid, and we oh. it sort of it adopted us. Um, so, so Fat Cat was um, lived four houses down from us, but because we had a pool and because we had a walnut tree, um, it would always come underneath the tree and like look for look at birds and try to hunt the birds and drink water from the pool, and so it kind of liked our home base. Oh. And eventually, we would we were actually myself, my father, and my brother were all allergic to animals like the pet dander. And after some exposure with Fat Cat and having him like on the balcony for a while, have him come inside and things, we all all our allergies seem to have gone away. So it was pretty miraculous. I don't know wow. if it had to do with loving the animal or just exposure or some kind of mix of the two. So that was really cool. Um, so eventually, it never wanted to go back to its own home, and and it would actually have it would be really aggressive in that home because there was it had a little boy that was a little bastard who would like spin it around by its tail and things like that and just oh do God. really terrible things. And so she's like, one day we got a call from the owner saying, yeah, if you don't want to take this cat, we're gonna put it down. So, um, and my mother had had previously like every week almost just taken the cat and walked it back to its home to like respect its boundaries and things. But this one time my mom walked over to their house and brought it back and it knew from that day on that it was ours and they would never have to go back again. I think that reverse, yeah, the reverse direction really, really clicked in for him. That's Um, crazy. 
And so that was the early age. So we, yeah, well, that was probably about age two. So we met him when he was one and we acquired him technically when he was two. He lived to the age of 19. Holy uh, cow. years, which was pretty intense. Like usually cats, I think, average about 16, maybe 14. Like it, it definitely was on the higher end of average. Wow. Um, and I think that maybe the last year of its life, it did have some issues in terms of um, – uh, muscle density issues so like it would have some joint ish, joint pains and different things like that and there were times where we had been recommended to put it down but we kind of I, I was strongly against it just because I, I it might have been a little bit selfish of me but it also might have been I wanted to just have it naturally go because we kind of could tell that it was getting to that point yeah. the, fur, the fur got a little bit scraggly they would they would tend to distance themselves more like uh, when a cat knows it's or when an animal I think knows that's near its end it, it doesn't it doesn't stay close to you as it you did before it would always like be in some weird random corner nook of the house and then I actually did end up finding it uh, one day I woke up again I was home alone but obviously much later in my life and I, I ended up finding it um, behind the bathroom toilet on oh, the first no. floor like the bathroom toilet and I tried to hide away somewhere and, and so there's a really sad moment for us and it took us so several years to kind of move on from that and uh, I recently got uh, a couple of cats, as you know, with, with Fernanda when we moved into this place, when I moved into this place. So that's been three and a half years. But that whole time in between there must have been, what, at least like a... I think Fernanda must have met Fat Cat at the end of its life. So probably I would say at least six, seven years between that. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it, pet ownership does come with those sad parts, but I think I don't focus, I try not to focus on the sadness at the end and just the years and years of memories and joys. And I'm sure you have the same sort of uh, thought process for that well I actually it was different for me because once what when I mean that was so it was so traumatic to be at that was yeah just worst experience of my life and um I was so scarred afterwards I didn't ever want to have a pet again <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I actually felt like I just I felt like I had betrayed this animal and I just didn't want to go through that process again um and and it was funny because we found that like all of us were on the same page everybody was like we will never own a dog again like we have to honor bailey we can't go through this ever again this pain is too much but within i think a week of feeling just the absence of something that has so much love Mm -hmm. um it really got to everyone so we yeah we completely flipped where we were at and we we got Bo. um i think for me i needed the pain to go away in order to feel like i could experience that joy again because you're you're too scared in the beginning to get another pet and to go through that pain yeah but i i completely agree i think it's so worth it and when you put into perspective the fact of like that animal is going to live its life and it is going to die at some point as as animals do so yeah whether um, you're involved in it or not it's going to run its course yeah exactly and so why not give it a loving home and like make the most of its years and and so yeah, that was. I guess that's my perspective now. I'm still scared to get a dog for, because of Bailey, but yeah, that's yeah. where I stand now. So and and sometimes I still look back and think like, would I trade the two cats I have now for like an extra year of Fat Cat's life? I don't know. Maybe yeah. like, like Fat Cat grew up as like a sibling, like a sibling type type character to me in my life. I had it from a very young age. But as much as I love my current cats, like I don't think anything will ever replace that first animal. Like you shouldn't yeah. look to replace them. I think is the thing. Like they're they're a separate sort of entity in general. So um. so true. And I think it's like the temperament too. Like I feel like I, you'll probably agree with this. Like Fat Cat, I think, had a special personality with you guys. Oh, yeah. And Bailey had a very special personality with us. And I hope Bo is not listening. But like Bo is not the same dog as Bailey at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Bailey was definitely way more 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but Bailey was definitely way more special. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I know what you mean. Yeah. So you, I, yeah, I think it's just, it's, you, you can't ever replace that first pet, especially when it's one that had like such an amazing temperament, but you learn to find joy in like, you know, the next animal you get and they all have their own unique personalities. I remember vividly some a couple of pictures that you had sent out many years ago with Bailey, how you would like cut it like you would basically be spooning, like it would be spooning yeah. you. I mean, um, people that know you, they know you're not, you know, the tallest individual out yeah. there. But, like, <laughs> the dog is a very big dog. Like even like myself, I'm somewhat below average height or whatever, but it would still probably be able to be the big spoon for me as well. So oh, yeah. it would like, be really cute to like just be able to cuddle with like a big fur monster like that. 100%. And I, I think like Bailey, because he was such a big dog, I just became obsessed with big dogs too. Like I couldn't, yeah, yeah just the concept of like this big creature that you can cuddle or whatever. But but being exposed recently to like smaller animals, I've actually, I've, I've changed my standpoint on that too. So Well, that's an excellent transition point actually, because I was going to, I was going <laughs> to, you did it better than I could have done anyway. So <laughs> something, something that I've been really, really proud about what you've done lately um, is that you've actually become a foster parent to animals. Yeah. And I think that's a very cool and admirable. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear a little bit about that part of your life, what inspired that and also how you got into it. And what that sort of led led you down? Yeah, so Mike and I, like, um, we were both severe animal lovers, like extreme animal lovers. And then mm-hmm. his dog, his family dog passed away. And we were just really wanting just like a, a third thing for our family or whatever. And um, we couldn't commit to having a dog full time because like for us, we're living in an apartment, right? So like it just didn't feel fair to get a dog. Yeah. Um, and then I found somebody had mentioned something about fostering. So I called the SPCA and I had no idea this was a program because if it was, I would have been on board years ago. Um, yeah. But essentially, they this the SPCA, you volunteer with them and you foster kittens and puppies, which is like a dream to any animal lover. And um, it's like short term, right? So essentially we went in and our initial was just to go and be foster parents to puppies. Mm-hmm. And because uh, what they told us is you only have the puppy from like one one to five days. So it's short term. You don't get attached. And then and you've had some time with a puppy. So it's like the perfect scenario. And we yes. went in and we interviewed and everything. And then they're like, oh, do you want to do kittens? And Mike and I, like, both of us used to be like used to hate cats. Like we just yeah. hated cats because we're like, yeah. oh, they're can I don't know if I can swear, but like they're assholes and like they're just jerks <laughs> or whatever. Sure, dog people can be a little bit extreme like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we're like, heck no, no cats. And then she was like, well, do you want to come and see the kittens? So she put us in a room with these freaking adorable kittens, and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, no, no, no. Like, yeah, we'll we'll foster the kittens too. So. Anyway, so we got approved, um, and we were hoping to get asked to foster a puppy. And out of nowhere, one day they called us, and they're like, hey, we have kittens. Do you want to foster them? And so we're, like, both kind of scared because we, we've we never dealt with cats before, and we're scared of them, right? Yeah. And uh, so – and but we're like, okay, whatever. Like, it's an animal. Like, we'll take it. And then they're like, oh, by the way, it's three. <laughs> <laughs> so. yes. yes, times three. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think we were, like, kind of – can I be swearing here? I just want to make sure. I mean, like, not rated our stuff, but, okay. yeah, I mean, just be, be natural. Be yourself. Okay, just in case I slip or whatever. But anyway, so we were scared shitless is what I wanted to say um, <laughs> because it's, like, three kittens. But we said we'd do it. So uh, Mike picked them up, and we brought them home. And it was honestly the most magical experience of our lives. 
because you had these like three kittens and they were the most like it, it completely shifted my perspective about cats and like we became we actually noticed we weren't liking dogs afterwards because we're so obsessed with these cats where um they were just like I always thought cats were jerks and like cold and aloof and whatnot but these kittens some of them are were, some of them are yeah yeah, I guess it depends on the temperament, but these kittens were like obsessed with us and so affectionate. Wherever we would go, they would follow us. Like you'd go to get ready in the morning, they'd all wake up with you. They'd all come up on the counter. Um, they'd like climb onto your shoulders and be kissing you and purring while you're getting ready. And it mm -hmm. was just the sweetest, most amazing experience ever. Like it just, it was amazing. So anyway, it turned us into cat people too. I'm glad that they were able to convert you guys. Yeah. Uh, we are, actually, Fernando and I were pretty blessed. We got to come over that one day early, early on, I think, in, in your fostering and just kind of hang out with the kittens. And yeah. I, I also had never had the experience with neither Fat Cat nor Dusk or Dawn that I have now to actually have uh, kittens and be able to take care of kittens because I always yeah. had them later on in life, uh, whether at four or five months with these two or with uh, Fat Cat at one year. So I, I've I had always been missing that in my life as well. So it was a really sweet moment to be able to be with them. And I also thought it was really cute how you guys would message us every once in a while to ask questions and things. And yeah, <laughs> and, and other other another couple who recently got a cat like maybe earlier last year had did the same. So I'm glad that we can be a resource for for cats. Actually, be, speaking of being scared of of animals, uh, this person that's sitting across from me right now, I've never seen anyone be more afraid of every type of living thing that exists. And so it, it took a long time to convert her to like even so. Basically, just a quick summary of how I was able to to slowly, slowly um, enable those those that side of her. So there's these albums on the internet. Uh, called Cat Saturday albums, and every once in a while, every week or every other week, I'd be like, "Hey, Fernando, do you want to come see pictures of cats?" And so, at first, obviously, begrudgingly, yeah, okay, sure, I'll come. Uh, <laughs> to do, do it out of kindness to me, and then like we just go through the whole album. No comments would come out of her mouth, and like after a few months of doing this, like uh, she'd like start responding, responding to like one one particular picture, and be like, "Oh, that one's cute," and then I'd be like, oh, "What? Like she said a cat is cute? Oh my god, the door's open, the window's open." So then after a little while, it's like more and more commentary, more and more cute cats. And then after a while, she even said, hey, is, it's Cat Saturday. Do you want to see the album? So she would actually do the instigation. Oh, like, oh wow. Like, it's like my work is finally coming to fruition. So you were like um, conditioning her. <laughs> slowly, slowly. <laughs> okay. A little Pavlovian thing going on there. And then, um, we, yeah, so we, we actually adopted our, our cats through uh, Vancouver Orphan Kitten Rescue Association, Vokra. And they have an interesting website where it's kind of like, I don't want to call it something stupid like Tinder for cats, but they have like, <laughs> you can just browse through their images and like it has a little bio and it says must adopt with so-and-so or is like is related to so-and-so sibling or is, is friends with it. So like, they usually recommend to also um, adopt them in, in pairs. So that's how we got this to they're not siblings but they grew up together i think they grew up on a farm somewhere together but um they're not actually related but they kind of have matching mutation chromosome patterns they have the tricoloration so they're a little bit uh of, of a mutant kitties kitties but yeah it was good so fernanda took some time to, to adjust and i think now she's doing a masterful job holding <laughs> them having them sleep on her lap petting them feeding them like all the stuff she's she's pretty much she she loves them now. She she sometimes will not admit it, but she definitely does. Yeah. Oh, for sure she does. She I think she was like showing me photos and like talking about them and whatnot when we yeah when we've met up and 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 I think honestly like that's the magic of animals because you can hate any kind of animal, but if you're exposed to one for a period of time, like there's no way you don't fall in love with it. 
Except maybe birds. I don't think she'll ever like birds. But yeah, for the most part, I think I agree with you. Um, so n the next step would be is, is asking, I think you guys are looking to get um, a, a permanent uh, cat or dog, right? Like an animal to yeah. be your permanent animal. Was, what, what's that looking like? Yeah, so essentially, I mean, again, like we, our, our like dream ideal would be um, a dog down the road, but we're still in an mm -hmm. apartment. We want to have kids and it would just be too much work. So the cat has been the option. And for us, our, both our moms are allergic. So yeah. we found this breed that is the oh, most yeah. beautiful breed ever. It's called Siberian. They're Siberian kittens or whatever. Um, and they're hypoallergenic. And so we contacted literally every breeder in Canada, like every breeder in Canada. And um, unfortunately, there's like none available, especially with COVID right now. There's just nothing yeah. available for us. So we, we found ones in um, Toronto that were available, but then she just backed out last minute and was like, no, I don't want to send them over the plane. Oh, so, yeah. Those were the ones that you sent in the video, right? There was yeah. Eight, one, two, and three. Yeah, because we were trying to pick and we, we asked you guys for your opinion and um, and then it didn't matter and then because they're not available. But we're trying. We're trying really hard to find a Siberian cat. Um, mm -hmm. So cross fingers it happens because now is the time. <laughs> if anybody out there knows of a Siberian cat, please send Tiana yes. some photos of this kitty. <laughs> Hopefully they can be the, the permanent uh, parent to this, to this beautiful kitty. It's actually, I'm looking at Google Images right now. They're, if anyone's wondering, please look it up. They're very cute, floofy animals. They're 90% yeah. floof, 10% face and tail. So yeah, yeah. they're very, very cute. <laughs> they're actually, so they're called the dog, sorry, no, the cat for dog lovers because they're apparently like super oh. friendly and cuddly. And um, the one that we ideally would want, it's called a Neva Masquerade. And I swear to God, it's like oh. the cutest cat or kitten you'll ever see. Like, it's just, it's so cute. So. Never masquerade. Yeah, fancy. Cool. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, the kind of like grayish with the blue eyes type of type yeah, of look. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Everyone else look this up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean... In general, I recommend cat ownership or dog ownership to everyone. And if you if you don't want to commit, if you have commitment issues in life in general, uh, you can foster. Fostering is always great. Just be careful. You will inevitably build connections with these cats. So, oh, yeah. Um, and, oh, just, and then just to touch on the fostering again for people, um, what's cool about it is when you do that, from what I've experienced, and you can um, add on to anything that I miss, they supply you with all the food, they supply you with all the toys, with all like the litter stuff. So you don't really have to do a lot of investment on your end of it. It's mostly just time caring for them, right? Is that kind of about how, what it's like? Yeah, they literally pay for everything. You get like a huge bag of toys and, and like food, water, like everything. They just provide it all to you. Um, it's like at no cost to you. You have the animal for anyway, anywhere from one day to like, I mean, sometimes it goes on for a couple of weeks or whatever, but they're very flexible. So if you can't, mm -hmm. if you can take it on for only a particular day or, or, or time, They'll let you do that. Um, and then you get to choose, like, we've gotten requests to foster some puppies, but it was at a busy time, so we could just say no to it. But at least yeah. the option is always there. And I think That's it's a, yeah. a huge service, so I would recommend it to anyone. I think so, too. So, well, good luck on, on getting um, a cat temporarily short-term and then obviously a dog maybe long-term if you have a backyard or something in the future. Um, but, yeah, definitely I recommend if you're living in an apartment in a one- or two-bedroom apartment, cats are pretty easy. Um, actually, keeping your cats indoors will also extend their lives. will give them less health problems. Um, good to know. 
yeah, it's it's just it's just good stuff. Um, Fat Cat was an outdoor cat for the first half of its life, and it would literally fight everything that walked. And so we were taking it to the vet like every month, and you you knew when it was in a fight because it would come back with like a, either a broken paw, or, like a scratch on oh its my face. Gosh. It would have this look on its face, like you should see the other guy. Like it had this weird <laughs> cocky demeanor. Would be like, haha, if I look bad, you should see the other guy. <laughs> I've literally I've seen it fight off like an entire family of raccoons. Like it has it had no fear. Holy cow! So I would, I always loved that about that cat because it was fearless. But my, couple, my new cats are a little bit, a little bit more of the not scaredy cat necessarily, but they're not necessarily brave either. They're like, yeah, I kind of judge them a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, um, yeah. And again, in terms of size, there's cats and dogs of all sizes, of all breeds. There's hypoallergenic ones, so please, guys, there's no excuses out there. Agree. Uh, love them, love them, bring them into your homes. Um, thank you so much, Tiana, for joining us today. Um, it was a real pleasure having this conversation with you. I mean, part of this podcast. The whole reason is just me catching up with friends. And so I'd, I'd love to, in, in, in this COVID time, we're all sort of isolated. It's great to sort of talk to someone for a little bit longer than a few text messages. And so I really do appreciate your time and, and all that stuff. So thank you so much. Thanks, Kayvon, for doing this. I think it's an awesome project and I can't wait to hear the rest of the episodes. I hope you had a good time. And now I will play, play us off again with some Khalid disclo- uh, disclosure called Know Your Worth. And uh, bye, everybody. <laughs>